0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we continue our conversation with author of her new book, Watch Me, which is available on Amazon, Julie Sedler. Julie continues to be so open and honest and vulnerable. This is not easy for anyone, especially when sharing the depth of her experiences in her life. I think often we get caught up in wondering, what will people think? When we go through the trauma that life serves us, especially in divorce. Sadly, people stay in marriages that are not working for way too long because of the fear of judgment. Julie is not an exception, however, she found the strength to listen to the inner voice telling her she deserved more, more in her personal life, professional life and her spirituality. Let's continue this conversation with my guest. Julie Sedler. And you found something I was given the impression that maybe you were not expecting. You talk in your book, even though I was terrified of walking into the unknown, I was armed with something new, my voice, and I was no longer afraid to use it. How did it feel for you to gain that level of empowerment?
1: I have this saying: whenever I get pregnant. And someone asked me, oh,
0: are you excited
1: to have another? I have three babies. So, oh, are you excited to have another baby? Um, I am equal parts overjoyed and terrified. So how did it feel to gain that empowerment? I am equal parts overjoyed and terrified. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have a voice. I know what I want to say. But in order to have a voice, I... I have to use it. Yeah. And that's that part where I never, I never feel brave ever, ever, ever feel brave. And so using that voice, like I have a lot to say, obviously, this is not a, a small book. If I had any sort of brevity, I would be writing songs like Taylor Swift. So three minutes <laughs> and done. Um, who's a genius, by the way. I love Taylor Absolutely. Swift. No, no yeah, disrespect really to is. her whatsoever. She is Far better than I am. I need way more words to convey (laughs) myself than she does. Um, but yeah, it's, it's equal parts overjoyed and terrified because I have it and that's exciting. But if I want to do something with it, I have to use it and that's
0: terrifying. Absolutely. And you talk about shopping at a lingerie store and reflect upon how in the past shopping in that environment did not feel authentic, but more you were putting on a show for someone else. And you stated, I walked in and picked up bras and panties I knew that I liked. I don't care about anyone else. This is about me. This is a new kind of empowerment. I think so often we forget we are allowed to have and enjoy pretty things, and it doesn't have to be about someone else. I don't know if you follow Courtney Shan, but she is so good with this. She often talks about fancy teacups or this and that. And and it's something that I've gained such an appreciation for. How did it feel to realize that you, not anyone else, but you deserve something that made you feel pretty?
1: I do follow Courtney. I love her page. And I fully respect the whole use the things that make you feel good use the pretty stuff get out the good china get out the good silverware use the teacups and I do that on the daily this is not that situation this is actually (laughs) the opposite this is walking into the store and saying I used to come in here and buy the pretty lacy frilly, black whatever Mm -hmm. because I thought that was what someone else wanted to see me in I walked into that store and I left with zero shame buying like cotton granny panties <laughs> and like your basic utilitarian bras because they felt good. Yeah. They felt comfortable. I didn't need to put on something that was fancy and uncomfortable right? just to use something that was fancy. I wanted to put on something that worked for me, that made me feel good, that made me feel supported because I didn't care... No one was going to see it. I was fully aware that no one was going to see me in those things. Yeah. I I thought at the time I was like, ever, no one's ever going (laughs) to see me in this again. So why am I like bending over backwards to wear something pretty or fancy when what I really want is this basic thing? And that was what I ended up walking out with. And then, like, I would like find the moment where I was like, this makes me look good underneath the sweater. It is working. It is fancy. It is pretty. Like I found like those moments in it, but I wanted, I wanted to clarify for you. Like (laughs) I didn't just walk in and like drop money on these really pretty lacy bras or, or panties or whatever. Like I, I legitimately bought like cotton granny panties and uh, no shame in that game. I was really happy about that. It worked out really well for me for a long time. I actually had a moment of freak out um at the end where I where I go on a date with Steven and he I know he's gonna come out like I'm very aware I'm like I can't wear like what I mean can I wear what I would normally do I want to <laughs> wear what I would normally wear like I'm like like pulling everything out of my drawers like what am I gonna wear and then in the end I was like he's not gonna care he's literally not gonna care like no one's seen anyone since COVID times like no one's seen anyone for so long, it, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter. And it didn't matter. And he's he's a great person. So he could never have said anything. Um, anyway, but anyway, I had a moment of out about that.
0: <laughs> and you were told, do you know that you are meant for great things? Do you know that you can rebuild even better than before, but only if you let go of everything and burn it all to the ground? Are you aware now that you are certainly meant for great things?
1: I actually don't know what to make of that question like there's still like nagging doubt in the back of my mind like I published this book and the only person who's gonna buy it and read it is my mom (laughs) so when you're like I bought your book and I read it I was like really tell me what you thought because of course I've had this conversation with my mother who did buy my book and who did read it all in one sitting (laughs) and who gave me feedback and is lovely and I love my mom and I'm very thankful for her but like in the back of my mind I'm like uh, it's the kind of thing only a mother could love like only my mom is gonna read this So like I had a briefly I had a blog once and I was like only my mom is gonna read this like no <laughs> one cares to see my musings. um so I had that acupuncturist for one session and that's what she said and she actually was the one who told me that I was probably gonna have to let go of the house and in that moment like I didn't really want to believe that mm-hmm. um but I came around to it and that was what ended up happening. But in terms of like being aware that I'm, I'm made for great things. I'm, I'm firmly in the, this is what I did yesterday. This is what I did today. <laughs> and I'm just hoping that trajectory is going up. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a little bit much to zoom out and be like, Oh, like, so when someone says like, Oh, I read your book. It really resonated. It really helped me. I'm like, like every time, like every time I'm like, I'm so happy. Like, that's what I set out to do. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that you told me yeah. Um, because I'm still like this. I'm like, somebody told me today they really like my book. Somebody told me that like, I don't think about, oh, 800,000 people are telling me they love my book. It must be something like, I just still don't right. think of myself that way. I'm still, I'm still. Because it's scary to like think
0: about yeah, that. So
1: I yeah. don't know. I I never feel brave. I never I don't feel brave enough to think that maybe I'm meant for great things. I'm just out there doing it anyway.
0: Good, you should because I think amazing things are definitely ahead. And you talk quite a bit about experiencing a substantial amount of pain. And as I was reading the page, I kept thinking, your pain is from 10 tension and stress that you're carrying in your body. And it was more from a holistic approach for pain management that you found relief by going to an acupuncture and your appointments for chronic pain. Were you aware about the tension and stress that you're carrying was causing you so much discomfort? Um,
1: It wasn't until I think I talk about it in one of the passages that I decided to go and get a massage and the massage therapist was like, you're, you're, I can't do that much for you. Like you need something deeper. And that's when I was finally like, okay, I'm going to have to put some real effort into doing some Eastern medicine, which is where I ultimately ended up. Um, But I did, I did do some courses of of Western medicine. I was put on a round of steroids. I had some physical therapy appointments. Um, I had some chiropractic appointments and it wasn't until I got into the acupuncture and that first appointment, the very first needle she placed was just like, Whoa. and I was like, okay, yeah, this is, and, and that's when I started to um, get more information about how trauma is stored in the body. So I didn't have any idea. I didn't really know what was happening because I was in the middle of living a bunch of stuff. And today is worse than yesterday. Today is worse than yesterday. Today is worse than yesterday. I have to do something. And when you can, when you can look back on it and you can really zoom out and you can, you can see it, you get that hindsight is 2020 in the Mm. moment. No, I had no idea. It wasn't until I was on the table and it wasn't until um, several appointments in, I think it was like maybe the second or the third appointment where I cried so much. It was like a safe, acupuncture was like a safe space for
0: We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have more from our guest, Julie, as she gets into the vulnerability of being heartbroken. uh,
1: There's a lot of power in setting an intention, but there's very few people who want to go into an appointment and recognize how heartbroken they are. (laughs)
0: To stand out on social media and the internet, for a business to grow, you need branding images that help express who you are and what you represent. Being a driven business owner, you already know your audience needs to see your brand show up on a regular basis before they will trust you enough to work with you. If your current messaging is inconsistent and lacks cohesiveness, then your customers will scroll past instead of click and look into more of what you have to offer. With a branding photo session with Girl Boss Photography, you can tell your story through images. Utilizing those images in your marketing and content strategy will enhance your appearance and help build a connection to your existing and potential clients. Girl Boss Photography loves working with small and medium-sized businesses to help them grow and build a strong visual brand. By partnering with creative entrepreneurs and listening to their goals, Girl Boss Photography curates a branding session that will tell the story of who you are, what you do, and how you are there to help your clients. If you're wanting to grow your business, improve your online presence, contact Girl Boss Photography to find out more about your options with their branding packages. You can send a message on Instagram at girl.boss.photography today. Have you been stagnant in the growth of your business? Would you like to see an increase to your revenue goals? Show your clients you are an authority in your industry with a video docu-series, photography, and content strategy package with Girl Boss Productions. A video series will help customers get to know you and allow you to build a relationship with people who want to support you. Utilizing video on your website and in your marketing content, you can increase conversions by 80%. By enhancing your presence on social media and your website with updated and stylish photos, you can zhuzh up your marketing content. Giving it a little je ne sais quoi will grab the attention of your clients and they will take a little more time to read your post instead of scrolling past it. Utilizing video, storytelling, photos, and a content strategy all in one package will promote your business to existing and potential clients and help develop a relationship with clients who want to support you, which results in increased sales. If you'd like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video storytelling, contact girlbossproductions.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We're going to continue our conversation with Julie. She shares how taking the time to grieve and take time to sort through heartbreak is a luxury. And she had to keep walking through her own turbulence.
1: Well, I was on the table and it wasn't until um, several appointments in. I think it was like maybe the second or the third appointment where I cried so much. It was like a safe, acupuncture was like a safe space for me to cry for a long time. I cried so much. I soaked through all the bedsheets. On the oh, table and yeah. the floor beneath because you know when you're on like one of those massage tables it's like yeah. the open mm-hmm. head and like all of my tears just like you're like I oh. stopped wearing mascara to my therapy appointments and to <laughs> stopped wearing mascara to my acupuncture appointments because I knew I was gonna cry so like what's the yeah. point because it's yeah. just gonna run down my face and then I'm gonna really look like a trash panda <laughs> and yeah it was it was a lot it was a lot it was it, was
0: it? was it during these um, appointments where you that, were able to recognize that how heartbroken you were?
1: There was one appointment where I left, and I talk about that in the book. And I was like, I feel super heartbroken. Yeah. That was only that one. Other appointments it was like, this is what grief is like. This is what grief is like. And then other appointments were like, my guides would come to me and they would give me timelines or like there was like moments of like sparks of happiness like this is a this is a thing for you to look out for this is a thing that's coming to you this you should go and buy these cards like that sort of mystical aspect of it so to say like all of the appointments i recognized that i was heartbroken wouldn't be accurate. So again, two things can be true. Mm-hmm. Some of them made me feel that way. Some of them made me feel other way. But one thing that I don't know if you know, is every time I would go to the appointment, um, she would ask me, how do you want to feel when you leave? And so I would set an intention. Ooh. I want to feel rested. Yeah. I want to have a safe space to cry. I want to find out more about this. I want to connect here. I want to, what whatever it was, I would set the attention and I still do that. Like if I go and get a massage, I'll just say it outwardly. I'll say this is this is my intention for this. And not to anyone in the like, usually they right. leave the room so you can get on un- yeah. get undressed mm-hmm. or whatever change. Right. And that's usually when I say, like, this is what I want to get out of this. And sometimes it's enough, like, I'll say, like, I want a quiet appointment. Like, I don't want to do any talking. I just want an hour here on this table yeah. to be. And the person will come in and they'll just be super chill and I just won't say anything and it'll just end up being like a quiet appointment. And I'm like, okay, I got what I wanted. Thanks so much. I love that. <laughs> um, and other times, like I'll want to connect on a different level. And yeah, uh, this, there's a lot of power in setting an intention, but there's very few people who want to go into an appointment and recognize how heartbroken they are, right? <laughs> and very few people who want to recognize how heartbroken they are at any point during yeah. their day. Um, cause that's just not a happy place to be, but it, it is true. A lot of the time that's, that's what I was, but I was also walking around living my life, doing my day and taking care of my kids and trying to make my life the way that I wanted it and to check the boxes and do the things. Um, I didn't always have the luxury of taking a second to say, I'm grieving. I'm heartbroken. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm feeling this way. It was a very few times. One time, I think I got in a in a deep bath and just sort of was like I just need to cry. I'm just gonna let myself cry because I yeah. am really in the thick of it. And one of the things in Eastern medicine that makes grief easier to deal with or helps with grief is heat, which is why a lot of times people who are grieving wear extra sweaters. And I actually talked about this, like I was in the shop at my old job and it was the middle of summer and I was wearing jeans and a sweatshirt and I felt fine because I was (laughs) grieving and I was cold all the time. Um, and another thing is actually pears. So I had a, a stint where I would, I ate a lot of pears to sort of support from a nutritional standpoint. Um, so yeah there's there's some um interesting little facets of things that you can do to support yourself if you're open to alternative methods,
0: yeah,
1: um, but yeah, no, I don't want to walk around recognizing I was heartbroken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you begin to talk about, and it feels like you're starting to open yourself up spirituality, like, or spiritually, you begin to learn more about crystals and their abilities. A co-worker gifts you a stone, and at this time you talk about pulling tarot cards daily. How did it feel as you transitioned into this more spiritual world? Honestly,
1: I felt like I was in the closet. Um, like I, I was excited to be looking at these new things and learning more about these new things, but I was really careful about who I would tell in my world, like what I was truly up to and what I was doing. There were very few people who knew that I, there's still very few people who know that, uh, how big of a life, how big of a part of my life tarot is. Like I still pull cards every day. Um, I still offer readings to people every once in a while. I don't really like advertise or like do paid readings, but I still do readings for people when they ask for them. but there's very few people in my life who actually know how much of a part of my life that is mm-hmm. and I will more people now because it's right. definitely in here. Like it's a big part of yeah. of this book, and um, I just thought that the reading the spread that I did for myself at the end of 2019, which kind of talks about the year ahead, and it's like, what's the theme of the year ahead? And it's the hermit for 2020, and then of course you get deep into 2020, you're like, no one's going anywhere, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm actually okay with this. This is <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, I felt I I felt the need to protect it and to be closeted and to not share it with people because I was afraid I was going to be judged. And and it gave me a newfound respect for people who feel like they need to keep certain parts and aspects of their lives to themselves because it's not safe to share. And it gave me a new respect for people who understand themselves and maybe want to change their pronouns and that, I I do a lot more now to respect that and to call people what they want to be called and to acknowledge people the way they want to be acknowledged because I know how difficult a process it is to go through something like that and to to embrace a part of yourself that maybe you didn't embrace before because it didn't feel safe to embrace that part of yourself right. and I'm um, started speaking widely and generally and I'm not equating my experience with spirituality to anyone else's experience, but it gave me a newfound sense of respect for people who go through a process like that. And in wanting to adhere to my own core values and to respect other people, to believe them when they have the bravery to tell me what it is about them, how they want to be treated, and then to treat them that way. So um, I just feel like there's a lot of empathy there. And if other people could embrace that level of empathy, the world would be a really better place.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: that's my little, <clears throat> that's my little taking that nugget and like paying it forward and, yeah. and doing what I can and then teaching my kids um, that, that this is what's important to me. I hope it becomes important to you too. This is how this is how we treat people with respect when they tell us what they want. Um, and so uh, one of my daughter's friends had been called a nickname and then my daughter told me the other day she, that they don't want to be called that anymore and it was really hard for me to, and i would catch myself and my husband would be like wow you're really catching yourself like you're really rewriting what you call them and I was like yeah i want to be the person who calls them what they want to be called yeah and my husband was like me too I was like yeah okay cool nice and so it's a little thing it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a tiny thing it's a speck in comparison but to me that's the thing that I want to do that's that's how I want to move forward so anyway um it's it was hard it was hard and I still feel like at times like I have to hide parts of myself from people that because it's just not safe and Mm -hmm. that sucks and I don't like that and yeah it's really, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, to me, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. And to other people, it is, it is a big deal. If it's you, if it's who you are, it is a big deal. And I, my hope is that other people can come around to respecting that and to make more of a safe place for people to be who they really are right. and to express that. Because it mm-hmm. takes a lot. It takes a lot to be real and to express who you really are. It's a lot yeah. easier to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. I know I did it. There's a <laughs> lot of people around me who do it. I still do yeah. it in certain places so it's not safe
0: right, right. And it was in a store where you went to pick out some tarot or Oracle cards. It seems like the universe was teaching you to trust. You had the option of a paid parking lot, but then in a free parking lot, a spot had opened up. You were drawn to pick out two packs of cards and you're on a tight budget. But then a text came in that gave you the ability to have the money to afford both. Was it maybe in this moment where you were you able to recognize how the universe was working in your favor?
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories for sort of illustrating that exact point. Because every time I started to have a seed of doubt inside of me it would just, and it was like, you need to do this. This is what you go here, do this. And that really was just such a special day. Like I didn't even think about what time it was. I just got in my car. I drove to the store. I didn't really know where I was going. (laughs) I was really afraid. I was really afraid. I was really afraid. Like I'm just basically walking around my life being a gigantic scaredy cat all the time. That's me. And if I can (laughs) get over that. And yeah. I can do these things like literally it is possible. It is accessible for other people because I am seriously the biggest Brady cat in the whole world. And yeah, all of these doors that I thought were closed every time I tried to close it, I was like, oh, I can't do that. Just pff, open, pff, open. Wow. And I true, like, I still have those cards that, that deck of mermaid cards. If, if i were like a working person who read tarot like that would be my working deck that is and but they they do not pull punches like you have to be prepared for brutal honesty when you pull cards from that deck which i didn't understand until mm-hmm. I had them in my hand and I was actually working with them and I read through the booklet and it actually says like <laughs> these cards are really honest like I didn't understand oh. what it meant those cards are really honest and so sometimes like even like I'll have like a question and like I want to read some tarot to like get some self introspection and I'll be like I'll, I'll hold them in my hand and sort of weigh, weigh it out like am I ready for what this is going <laughs> to say to me or yeah. do I still need a minute to a hot minute to do that but yes it was definitely a moment of trust like do please do this and so again it yeah. was like my body taking over and my logical mind just being like okay are, I, I have no objections to this if that's mm-hmm. a parking spot ticket if you have the money buy them if, yeah. yeah so it was just yeah totally orchestrated for me that day and there have been a couple other instances like that where i'm just like this is just coming together so perfectly this can't not be something right this can't not be something
0: yeah and you say in your book i'm depressed and vulnerable i just want to be loved i have a deep fear of being alone and then you ask yourself how about i just be alone for a year I can date myself. This is where the magic happened. You talk about magic a lot. The kind of magic that happens when we get uncomfortable. What would you say to someone who has a deep fear of being alone? It's like
1: the next level of power unlocked. Honestly, Um, being comfortable with yourself. And being comfortable with being on your own. And what I mean by that is being in your own company. Mm-hmm. I don't mean moving about your day or working and not having anyone there. I mean legitimately enjoying the pleasure of your own company without anyone else around you. That's what I mean by being alone. Yeah. Because I think there are plenty of people out there who are not partnered. Um, who are Who are on their own but are also uncomfortable with the idea of being alone. And that is not what I am talking about. I am talking about being comfortable in your own company. That's like the next level of flex to get to, because when you start making decisions about things, you're not making them from a place of, I have to go out with these people because I don't want to sit at home and be by myself and be sad or lonely or feel these emotions that I don't want to feel and I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. feeling. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this thing, which I actually probably wouldn't like to do, but I feel like I need to do it because I can't be by myself or I need to stay in this relationship with this person, even though this isn't really aligned for me anymore. This isn't really working for me anymore. I don't really feel this vibe anymore, but I have to stay because... I'm not okay being in the company of myself. I need to be partnered to feel like I can function or to feel like I'm feel safe or secure or whatever, whatever the reason is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's the next level flex to be able to say, I'm choosing to be in this relationship with someone because I value being in their company more than I would value being in my own company.
0: Yeah,
1: I still value being in my own company. I can be in my own company. But I like being in the company of this person enough that I want them to be in my life. I want to have a relationship with them. They meet my core values, they meet my goals, they meet whatever. That's why I'm choosing to have this relationship. I'm not choosing to have this relationship because I can't be on my own or I'm choosing to be in this job or go to this show or spend time with these people. It's all about coming back to that. I'm choosing to do this because, and then having a why. And if you, I I like using that as a, as a ruler, as a, as a metric for things because a lot of times we gloss over a why we come, we come out and we're like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I, I, I'm volunteering at my kid's school. Woohoo! Okay, why? Why are you volunteering? Like, I actually have to ask myself that. Like, why am I volunteering to do this thing? Is it because I feel like I have to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it because I feel like I can't be by myself? Is it feel because I feel like I'm going to be judged if I don't? And I actually, uh, that happened yesterday. I was really having a, a hard day, a really hard day. And my husband was like, Oh, you're supposed to go in and volunteer. Like, do you want to cancel? And I was like, Nope, I want to go in. I want to see my kid. I want to spend time with my kid. That makes my kid feel happy. And I understand that I am having a hard day, but I am choosing to do this thing and I'm going to go and do this thing. And this is why, and that's what I'm going to lean into. And you know what? I went in, I had a great time and it actually turned my day around. By the time I came home, I said, okay, I can I can rest and I can relax yeah. now that that's done, and I feel really good that I did that, and I'm really happy that I did that, and that was a fun thing to do with my kid, and now I can take some time for myself. That's that's done. So there is like a really powerful reframe in there um, that you have to get to. Because you have to be able to be comfortable in your own company. Mm-hmm. So if I was talking to someone, I'd be like, the, the, the flex is why it's worth it. But if I'm talking to someone who's really afraid, that's the thing that you have to confront. Why are you afraid to be alone? Mm -hmm. Is it because you're worried that you'll never be loved? And then in that case, it's okay. What can you do for yourself? Like you, you really do have to sort of pour into your relationship for yourself, whatever that looks like. And so that's what I ended up doing is I ended up pouring into my relationship with myself. And then I got, I got good at being alone. I got comfortable being by myself, but in the book, you know, talk about, I still really want this relationship. I still really want this really big great love like that was that yeah. was what I really wanted I wanted to have a healthy relationship and now that I have that healthy relationship and a lot of things have happened since where this book ends <laughs> and where I'm at right now there's a yeah. there's a chunk of time so the things that have happened in that chunk of time every once in a while I kind of come back inside myself and I'm like Remember when you used to lay in this bed and you'd be by yourself and you'd be like, oh my gosh, there's no one next to me. Like, how sad is that that I'm in here alone? Yeah, that sounds really good right now. Remember when you could lay in this bed and you'd be by yourself and you could just full on just take up everything and have all the pillows you remember how good that was you did not appreciate that when you had that and it was good i have those moments now where i'm like "Mm, yeah so maybe i could have appreciated that a little bit more so yeah but that's a it's a total reframe it's when you're in it and you're living it and it feels really hard it's really hard to see it from that perspective but that's what i would tell someone be like how can you lean into enjoying where you're at right now by yourself or getting to a space where you can enjoy where you're at right now by yourself. Because when you're in a place where you're partnered or you're doing things where you're letting other people in, it's going to compete with that peace that you had when you were by yourself. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be as good or better to be with other people as it is to be by yourself. So make being with yourself so good because that's where your measuring stick is
0: Ooh, so the yeah. better
1: it is to be alone, mm-hmm. the better the measuring stick. And then right. the intention is anyone who comes into my life needs to be as good
0: yes. or better.
1: I love yes. or better or better is great. Add that yeah. to everything or better. Cause that allows yes. the universe. If you, you want to go woo, that allows the universe to bring in even more because you're open to it. Um, So as good or better, but you have the ability to set that metric stick. And if you have low expectations and you set it low, don't be surprised when Mm -hmm. you get low. But if you have that and you set it high. And so that's what I started doing. I was like, you know what? No, I want it all. I want everything. I want to be so good. And some people would be kind of looking at me like, what unicorn are you looking for? I'm looking for a unicorn and I'm going to find one. Just
0: watch me exactly Um, i did (laughs) yeah in your book you had even you had stated why had i self-medicated with a relationship i read this and i just i just wanted to like celebrate because i think this is so much more common than what people are willing to openly admit how did it feel for you to admit this to yourself
1: (laughs) um i'm sure there was crying i'm sure there's crying involved like oh why did i do this to myself but i really i spend a lot of time in the book and in my life owning my own stuff and it would have been really easy to look at the other people in my life who were sort of like exiting and, and their coping mechanisms. And for mm-hmm. me to be like, well, at least I'm not like blah and I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And that, then that there's a lot of ego in that. There's a lot of judgment mm-hmm. and a lot of shame. And I didn't really go to that place. Instead, I just, I turned everything internal and was focused on me and was like, okay, well, yeah, you're not doing those things, but what are you doing? Cause clearly yeah. what you're doing isn't, isn't the path forward. Like right. I, I just sort of had this whole total wipe down of the whiteboard. I got to wipe the whole slate clean, but I also need to own what, what am I wiping off? Because I don't want to put that back up on the board when I put everything back up on the board again. And mm-hmm. so again, that was one of those things that I think probably went into a journaling session. Like, what am I doing? Where is this going? Um, and that's when I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking a bunch of alcohol. I'm not spending a ton of money. I'm not, I don't have these addictions, but I do have right. an addiction and then self-medicating With relationships, whatever kind of relationship that is. And so that's kind of where that whole, what if I just don't date anyone for a year? What if I just sort of not necessarily go cold turkey, but like, what if I just focus on me? What if I make Mm -hmm. this relationship, the relationship that I'm working on? Um, And that is when everything turned around. Uh, But I think it's hard to admit things about yourself, no matter who you are. I think it's always that that self-reflection always sort of comes with like that gut punch of like, oh yeah, that's true. And I just said it out loud and that makes it real. And (laughs) now I kind of, am I going to shove it back down or am I going to kind of pull it out and like deal with it? And I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are many times when, I shoved it back down and I didn't, didn't deal with it. And then eventually it comes up and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to do something with this now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, kudos to people who are out there who, who choose to do something with it. Um, right. but I understand the people out there who shove it back down. That's too heavy. I can't carry that right now. I, I yeah. get that. I get that on a deep level.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also talk about, you made a manifestation <laughs> box. I love this idea. Where did this idea come from and how does one start something like this? Oh yeah, that's really good.
1: Um, so I actually talk about this in, in my course that I have coming up um, awesome. around Aligning Your Dreams and Vision. I, I de- dedicate um, some time into actually walking someone through that, but the gist of it is I read this article about how this person created um an anxiety box and so oh. they made this little box and that was where they put like all the things like if they were having a bad day that like that would be those would be the things that would help them when they were having a bad day and they could just go to the box mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. help themselves and i was like okay well i don't really need an anxiety box and. I don't really like vision boards. I don't like things aren't working for me. What if I create this? And it just came out. What if I just create this manifestation box? So that was when um, part of my, uh, how do I want to say this? I had not been able to do anything very creative during the thick of 2019. And and what happens in, in part one of the book, I was, Mm. I did not have any creativity whatsoever. Um, If you're into the woo, my sacral chakra was very blocked, very (laughs) blocked. Um, And so, one of the things for me, how I liked celebrating Thanksgiving when I was a kid was my mom would take us to the craft store and we would get a bunch of crafts. So I was like, okay, if I'm on my own for Thanksgiving and I don't have to answer to anyone else, I'm going to have a crafty Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it was my
1: first Thanksgiving without my kids. And so I like got out my glue gun and like had all these projects that I was doing. I put Netflix on. I really, I made it good. Like make it good. Make it. Fancy, make it pretty, make it the way you want it. Yeah. Um. And so one of the things I did was I got this box and I started painting this box. And so I painted the box and I made it very pretty. And then I had like these stacks of magazines that were super old. So I was like, all right, like let's start dreaming. Like what is like let's be visual. Like and so I would go through like rip out pages of these magazines and I would write on it like this is what this means to me. This is what I'm looking for. And so I tucked it all inside this box. And then I revisited the box like a couple of months later and that's when I realized like, oh, this one came true. Oh, this one came true. And so I started this process of like every once in a while I'll go back through the box and I'll pull out the things that happen yeah. and I'll tape them into my annual planner at the back. Like, okay, this was, this, this manifested. And so then it became like evidence, like, okay, I wanted this thing. I put it in here I sort of set this intention. I set this vision and then it came yeah. to fruition and then it happened and I would like put it in the like They came, it came about this year. So my husband's favorite part of this is, when he met me, I told him that I wanted um, a new computer. Like I wanted like a really nice computer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, if you're going into your office, like could you print out this picture of this computer? He's like, why do you want a picture of a computer? Like don't you just want to buy it? And I was like, I'm not ready to buy it yet. <laughs> so he printed it out for me and he brought it, he brought it over and he's like, what are you going to do with this picture? So I showed him, I was like, this is yeah. one. And so Um, It was probably a year later. He was like, let's go to the store. I think like the computer that you want is on sale. And I was like, Uh. okay. And um, it was actually the computer that we ended up getting so that we could uh, format the book. And he was oh, like, "I think yeah. we should get this, and I think I think we should do this, so that we can use it to format your book, and and all these things." And I was like, "Okay." And he's like, "And now you get to like, we're gonna go get it. You get to like move it from your box, like, and he like, <laughs> yeah, I do. It happened." he yeah. was like, yeah. And so then he got really excited about it. And he Aww. was like there like, when I took it out. And I was like, I, I usually like write the date. Like this is the date, like I put it yeah. in and this is the date that I take it out. So I have this whole like little process of how I do these things. But um, it's definitely like a hybrid version of like a Pinterest page right. and an actual like corkboard vision board. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's more like, Sometimes it's how I want to feel about something. Sometimes yeah. it's an actual thing that I want in my life. Sometimes it's a place that I want to go. Sometimes it's a um, it's it's hard to explain, but you can take it in a lot of different ways that like a traditional vision board or a Pinterest page can't really go because you you have the ability to write what you want and then you kind of tuck it away mm-hmm. um, and let it do its thing. Because that's the thing about manifestation is set the vision, hold the vision, but also like kind of surrender to letting the universe conspire to get that into your life. So for me, if I'm going to surrender, I got to kind of put it to the side. If I see it every day, if I look at it, like my goals are one thing, goals, goals, I look at all the time, but that manifestation box that goes off to the side.
0: Ah, that's so cool. So you talk about setting yourself up for failure over and over again. You know, recognizing why your dreams and goals had not been accomplished, and you're taking back your power. I felt like there was such an awakening happening at this time, and it takes like this self-reflection. What do you think it was that brought you to this realization?
1: I think more than anything, it was the fact that like things kept stalling out. Like I had some, okay, I'm going to go engineer on you. So I have this theory that I relate a lot of life to. Um, in physics, when you like, imagine that you are trying to move a refrigerator across the floor. When you go to push on that refrigerator and you need to put force to it, you actually have to add more force to get it to move than you do to keep it to move. That force mm-hmm. is actually a name for you to overcome the coefficient of friction against the floor to actually get that to move. So to me, there's an extra energy required to actually do something than there is to maintain it. So in a chemical reaction, there's an activation energy that has to be Mm -hmm. overcome to actually make something happen. So there's this little blip. So I think of things a lot of times in graphs, and, and so there's this little blip. And so for me, it was, you know, I'm putting all of this energy into overcoming this coefficient of friction or overcoming this activation energy, and nothing's coming from it. I can't quite get it started. Why? 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 I ask a lot of questions especially in my head and I would look around and I would see that other people were getting the things that I wanted. And to me, like just like your podcast is about the, the, the overnight success is never an overnight success, but I didn't know what I didn't know about them. So to me, it just looked Mm -hmm. like they get everything they want, everything they want comes to them. And I can't get that. I can't get up over this bit that I need to get over so that I can into sustaining this energy. And Mm. at some point in time, it just became like a combination of things. What is it that I actually want? What is it that I'm actually looking for? What am I actually doing to get those things? And how much do I really need? What is enough? And when I started to get really clear on each of those things, and clarity is one of those things that takes time as well, that was when I could sort of pull back, and it was like, okay, I don't want that, so it's okay that this person has it because I don't want that. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to make eighty bajillion dollars. I need this amount of money. This is this yeah. is what I'm looking for right here. How do I find this? I And then, uh, you know, I get to the point where I talk about leaving my job and why I left my job. And I knew for a long time that I needed to go. And it wasn't until something really big happened where I was like, this is not aligned with my core values that I finally was right. like, okay, I want something that is aligned with my core values. And here they are. Here are what my core values are. Where, how do I find something that meets these things? it took a lot of clarity. So again, there's layers and things. And this is why things take time. This is why overnight successes aren't a thing because finding these layers of clarity and building upon them takes time and also intention. If I hadn't actually Mm -hmm. sat there and asked myself, why, 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 you know, at each point in time, I would have never gotten to where I got to. And so I think, yes, there, yes, there was something that brought me to that realization, but it was each one of those little moments, each one of those times when I asked myself why, and I got real and Mm -hmm. I, oftentimes it would come in here. It would come out in here. Sometimes it was one of those things where like, my hand is just writing. I don't even know what it is that I'm saying. And then I go back and I reread it and I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted that. I didn't even know that was where that came from. I didn't even know that was a thing that I was afraid of until I just wrote it down just here and I was really super honest with myself. Um, And so I think that's that's the biggest thing is like if you really want to change your life, how willing are you to be honest with yourself about where things are at now and what you'd like them to Mm, be and how much are you willing to make changes to actually make them better? But it all starts with, how honest am I willing to be? Because there are a lot of people out there, especially like anyone who has debt probably has had a moment of like trying to run from like the credit card statement comes. And like, I've seen this in movies (laughs) where they'll show like, oh yeah, like that credit card statement. I just watched an episode of Friends um, where Joey gets the part on Days of Our Lives and then he goes out and like buys all this stuff. And the credit card bill comes and he's like, envelope one of four. And Ross is like, I didn't know it could be that big. And I'm like, oh, and and Joey's like, I'm afraid to open it. I'm afraid to open it. And Ross is like, nope, we're just, we're we're digging into it. We're tearing into it. How honest are you willing to be with yourself about everything that has come before? And then Joey's like, how did I spend this much money at blah, blah, place and blah, blah, place and blah, blah, place? I don't know. I don't know what led up to that. All I know is the the cold hard facts of reality right now is that is what happened. Yeah. What do you want to do about yeah. it now? What, how do you want to move mm-hmm. forward? So you almost, almost need to have like the memory of a goldfish about everything that's come before you You to be honest mm-hmm. about it, but then kind of forget, like right. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do this and then move yeah. forward doing this. And then yeah. as you're moving forward, you can, put intention into like healing those parts of you the the version of you that did those things Um, but if you want to make a change you really have to be honest and then kind of forget and move forward and be like I'm not doing that anymore I'm doing this other thing and so the other course that I'm launching is how to break that sort of self-sabotage cycle and of course it starts with being super honest about What your cycle looks like and and how you get into something and what your tells are, like how you might know that you're dipping into an old pattern. Because a lot of what I talk about, I'm like, I don't want to do the same thing I did before, was being honest about this is a pattern. I'm doing these things Mm -hmm. over and over again. What does it look like? Okay, now that I know what it looks like, I can compassionately remove myself from it before it becomes a big thing. So that's been a big focus for me in the time from when Watch Me ends to where I'm at now is rewriting a bunch of patterns. And that takes a focus all of its own to hold yourself while you recognize you're doing something you don't want to do And actively work to do something that you do want to do. Uh, And that's like the whole next level from I'm just surviving. This is me getting through the day. I'm doing the same thing over and over again because that's what I know. And that's where I'm comfortable. And that's all I got. And so I've lived that life. Mm -hmm. I've been there. And then I've slowly stepped back and I've looked at the bigger perspective and I've made a bunch of changes. And then now this is like the next level. Like, okay. How do I truly break them? And some of them like I'm learning are like generational trauma. Like my grandma felt this way and right. then my mom felt this way. And now I feel this way and it ends here because I don't want my kid to feel this way. Right. Um, and so that mm-hmm. one's been like, oh, I do this because that's how it came to me. That's, cr- that's wild. I can't even, like, I've had some yeah. moments where I'm just like,
0: okay, something different, something different, please right yeah yeah and you talk about sitting down with your journal and writing down 10 things that you wanted to happen in that particular year and you list them out and then you say that is how easy it is to dream again i think when we don't trust ourselves it makes it harder if not impossible to believe what is possible for us and page after page after page in this book this shows that you you breathe, you meditate and you trust a little bit and the universe truly provides for you like over and over and over again. How much did you struggle to find peace and calm within this process of trusting yourself and letting the universe provide for you? All right. I want to take a little bit of a step back because you make it sound
1: like it was re- like everything just kind of fell into place and it was really easy.
0: <laughs> it just would <laughs> be really Which real. It never, that, it, not, <laughs> it never is. It never is. It's
1: not that way at all. Um, what it really comes down to is, at least for me, when I wrote that list, I needed to see some evidence that stuff was possible. So... In order for me to start looking for evidence of what was possible, I needed to know what kind of evidence I was looking for. So in that in that case, yeah, there yes, there's an element of trust and belief and faith and all of those things really work together to help the universe bring you what you want. If you're talking about manifesting or even if you're talking about setting some goals and identifying milestones i mean we can we can go the woo way or we can go the not woo way it doesn't really matter what matters is you have to have something that you're aligned to and i actually just put up a tiktok video about this the other day the thing that i missed before in all of this is faith and trust are great you need that but you have to be aligned mm-hmm. to something and so the metaphor that i used was i watched Indiana Jones and the last crusade. And it's the last of the trials. And he has to he has to take the walk of faith. He has to walk across this cavern. And I missed a really crucial piece of that. Before he just takes that blind faith step off the side of a cliff, he looks across the way and sees the doorway on the other side. And he lines himself up with the doorway because that's where he wants to go. And then he takes the leap of faith when he's aligned. If he had gone an inch to other side, he would have fallen to his death because that land bridge that was camouflaged by all those red rocks wouldn't have been there. So alignment is the thing that we're often missing. We, We assume that this, blind faith or this blind trust and i think a lot of that comes into play with religion as well as spirituality like i'm placing my faith in something i can't see i don't understand i don't believe or i have trouble believing i'm placing i'm being expected to place a blind faith and that is the Mm -hmm. the thing that i'm bringing into this is what is your alignment what are you looking to get out of on the other side of this because you do need to be aligned before you take that step. And so you, you mentioned my um, comments about the trapeze artist. The trapeze artist isn't just blindly letting go of her trapeze. Right. She knows where her partner is or where that next trapeze is. She's only yeah. briefly in flight for a minute, but she's in flight with purpose. She's moving to the next rung. She knows where that is. She didn't just let go of it right. and expect to be carried. She let go of it in in purpose of moving towards the thing at at the moment when she needed to move towards it. And so I think that that is something that's really important to add to that. It's not just about having faith in the fact that what you want is going to come to you. It's aligning yourself with what you want and then taking your action to get to it. Okay, I'm gonna step off here, and then yeah, there is a moment of okay. I be- I believe it's possible. I've seen the evidence. I know that it can happen. I can talk to this person and ask them some mm-hmm. questions and find some resources. Like all those things that sort of come out of it. Like you, you have to do something. You have to take action. You have to go after it. You have to chase it, chase it, sort of, but not blindly. We, you don't do that blindly. Right. You do that with intention. So
0: yeah.
1: Um. yes, absolutely. Go make a list of 10 things that you want to experience, especially if you're having trouble dreaming. Like for me, that was the hard part of like, what what do I even want? What what dreams do I even have? That's a great place to start. What are 10 things I'd like to experience in the next year? And that's exactly what I wrote down there. And then from there, I was like, Oh, yeah, I'd like to experience this. Oh, is that like a deeper desire of mine? Is that like kind of the the tip of the iceberg of a bigger dream? And that can kind of reveal more to you. But if people are having a hard time finding a place to start, I would suggest that. It doesn't have to be ten. Make it five. Nice. Make it three. You don't have to yeah. you don't have to do some arbitrary it's an arbitrary number, that's what I'm trying to say. Ten is arbitrary. Right.
0: Number. Right. And you talk about, I want love from other people because I don't feel worthy to love myself. What was the journey like for you to finally recognize you are worthy to love yourself?
1: I still have, I still have problems with this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, so I
1: spent most of this, I spent most of this year being pregnant and I didn't realize how much, um, body image issue I still had until I got pregnant um, with the baby that I just had. And then after delivery, my body shrank a lot, And but it was still like, didn't feel like mine. Um, and so I mm-hmm. could, uh, if we're talking about cycles and, and breaking patterns, I was noticing. And so a lot of what went into my journals this year was noticing how I still talk to myself like I don't love myself or like I'm not worthy or yeah. Yeah. So I think if there are other people out there who, who relate to that, that that particular one, like loving, like there's so much verbiage out there, like, Oh, you just need to love yourself. Oh, you just need self-love. Oh, you just need self-care. Um, like it's just this oh you just need to do this it's super easy no big <laughs> deal just lean into it and yeah. it's so much deeper than that there's so much more at play so you just want to be real like even though i go through this much about telling you how i'm working on loving myself removed from that i'm still working on loving myself it's a process it's an ongoing thing mm-hmm. it's something that it's like work that will never be done it's just uncovering more and more or going deeper and deeper um which uh, unlocks the next level which i'm happy about and i'm grateful for but i'm just being real in the space that it's not it's yeah. not done it's not a place that you get to and then you stop working on it so I really, really didn't believe myself to be worthy of love when I started on this journey. And you can see that in my codependency and you can see that in my pick me, choose me, love me, external validation. And then you can kind of see as I move through things and as I do more work and I uncover more truths about myself where I'm just like, okay, I don't. I don't need that as much anymore. I need, what what I really need is I need to feel good about me myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that ended up, um, not really coming to fruition in this book, um, which was in a, an earlier version or earlier draft version was sort of this fitness journey that I started taking at the beginning of 2020. And, um, my my own body image sort of got got removed from this. It's too is too much going on with it, but it's not to say that it didn't happen. And so um right. that's part of that's just part of my journey is like being comfortable in my own skin <clears throat> was a big part mm-hmm. of loving myself. And that is something that I'm still working on is how can I be Understanding and supportive of Mm. myself, of my body. How can I treat it with respect? How can I move forward um, in certain seasons and aspects of my life being respectful of this body? And that to me is a big part of loving myself because the more I like, if I would get on a scale and like the number would be too high, like I would beat myself up. Like that kind of a journey. And I Mm. think there are a lot of people out there. Not specifically women, but a lot of people out there who can step on a scale and see a number and make it mean something, and then take action right. that cements yeah. that that means something. Whether it's under eating or cutting something out or restricting yourself or going down a dark path, that whole that whole journey of self love, like that's the thing that's coming back to me. This book, this journey of, of self-love is, I don't need external validation. How can I validate myself? How can I support myself? How can I be there for myself? So that's like one aspect, but I think there are several different aspects of self-love and to mm-hmm. just group it all together sort of does it a disservice because then other people might yeah. see that and be like, I can't, I, I don't, I can't just love myself and be better uh, right. right. You, you can't because there are so many yeah. different facets of this that make it impossible to just say, Oh yeah, just do this. And, and you're good. You're healed. You're, you're cured. All good. Uh, yeah, um, It's, de- it's definitely a, a, a multi-layered thing. So mm-hmm. I felt like I made a lot of strides in the book in, in certain areas of it. And I guess that's a really long winded. see. I'm not, there's no, there's no brevity <laughs> here whatsoever. I'm still working on it. That's the that's the short answer. Yes. I'm still working on it. <clears throat> but I'm definitely worthy. And good I answer. definitely understand that yes. now. And that was like the biggest eye-opening thing is even if I'm not getting it right, even if I'm not doing it mm-hmm. the way I should or want or need to, I'm still worthy of right. doing it. And that was the, like the, the, the yeah. first step. Like, yeah, I'm worthy of doing this work. I'm worthy of looking into this for myself.
0: Awesome. And in this process, you've taken steps to reclaim your creativity, you painting, crafting, writing, and a pretend cooking show. Oh,
1: yes. The pretend cooking show.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Do tell. I
1: I have some very specific memories. Of, so my ex-husband really liked to cook. And for a long time when I was a kid, I thought that I might become a professional chef or a professional baker. And I put a lot of work into being in the kitchen and teaching myself how to do things from a young age. And- mm-hmm. He told me more than once, or at least made me feel as though I were a terrible cook and I should not be cooking. Uh. And one time when I was pregnant, I was cutting something with a knife and I slipped because the knife was dull and I almost cut my finger. Yeah. And he actually told me, you're not allowed to use the knife anymore. You're not, you're going to cut yourself. And I was like, I'm not incapable. I can use a knife. Right. Um, and yeah. so, you know, when you're living with someone who says those things to you and you, you it's very easy to internalize that, no matter who you are. It's very mm-hmm. easy to internalize those things right. and to believe those stories about yourself to be true. Yeah. And my internal dialogue was very conflicted because I'd spent so much of my life without this person doing these things. And having curiosity and being creative and figuring out things just because I wanted to, because it was play. And then being Mm -hmm. told, but you're actually not good at it. You're not good at this thing that you're doing for play. So you shouldn't do it at all. And so food became a thing for me. And if we're talking about body image, food became a thing for me that I had really weird associations to, because I didn't, cook a lot of my own food. I ate what was cooked for me. And a lot of the times my plate Mm -hmm. would be plated for me. So the amount of food that was on my plate, I did not have control over that. And then if I did not eat everything that was on my plate, it was like I was offending someone. And so of course I was overweight and then I didn't love my body and then I didn't have control over my body. So when I got a divorce, when I got separated, all of a sudden I have to cook for myself. I have to provide mm-hmm. my own meals and I didn't really understand what they needed to include to be healthy. I didn't really understand calories or intake or macronutrients or a balancing diet. And I also was really grieving and I also didn't really eat a whole lot. Um, yeah. And that's why I joined uh, a program to work with someone and that sort of opened the door on, on some nutritional things. But I started to get in the kitchen more and I started to try to figure out how to make things. This is not only do I have to cook for me, but I have to cook for my kids because apparently kids mm-hmm. like to eat on a set schedule <laughs> every day if you can't <laughs> not feed them um and i couldn't feed them chicken nuggets and french fries every single day because i felt shame in being a bad mother about that so I'm like right. on the phone with my mom like how do I do this how do I do this and she's like well you could just look it up on YouTube I'm yeah. like I don't want to look it up on YouTube I feel ashamed I want you to tell me like help walk me through this tell me what I could and so yeah. that yeah. was what I devised for myself was anytime I felt like I wasn't confident in doing something I would sort of go back to being a kid where I would watch cooking shows and then I would go and I would try and do mm-hmm. it in my own kitchen and I was like you know what I'm just going to pretend like I'm walking so like I'm going to pretend like I'm in my own cooking show and I'm walking someone else through it yeah. i'm walking me through it and so it became my pretend cooking show and then at the end oh, of fun. whatever i had made i would take a picture and i would send it to my family chat and i would say made blah 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 and then it would be dot 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 but i can't cook because that's what I was told that I can't cook and everyone be like oh my gosh that food looks amazing and be like I know it looks amazing this is like restaurant quality like I put effort into this I balanced the plate and I was like it tastes amazing too dot 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 but I can't cook and so that was the name of my pretend cooking show dot 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 but I can't cook (laughs) um and that's it's just giving watch me vibes because that's yes watch me figure this out watch me show up and figure out how to nourish myself and so I I don't get a chance to cook as much as I would like to now Mm because I'm busy and I have things going on and a lot of times like our meals here are utilitarian but every once in a while I will shock everyone in my family by just full-on go into town on something and they'll all be like oh my gosh this is really good thank you for cooking this and i'm like nice. yep dot, dot, dot,
0: but i can't cook <laughs> i can't cook <laughs> you never know that might be the name of, of another future book <laughs> but i can't another cookbook here here's a whole bunch of recipes right. for busy
1: moms dot, dot, dot but i can't cook Right. <laughs>
0: I can see it now. That's awesome. That wraps it up with Julie for our second part of our conversation. We continue in our next episode with Julie Settler and we get into manifesting.
1: You know, if you want something and it's really charged in ego, might not be the kind of thing that you can manifest but if you want something and it's really deeply rooted in who you are and there's a reason why you want it and that's supportive of your growth like that's what opens that up to coming to you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Journey to the Rise. I hope you'll give us a follow on your podcast apps so you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want a sneak peek at the next guest coming up, Give us a follow on Instagram. You can find our account at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was research produced and edited by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to yourself. When you are kind to you, it is easier to be kind to others because you cannot hate yourself into a version you love. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.